Hello, hello, welcome, 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 hello and welcome. I am, well, not centered is what I am. I had this exactly correct and then, well, eh, good enough. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. We do this live stream every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 7 p.m. Mountain Time for those that know where the mountains are. Glad you could join us. Thanks for spending a bit of your Wednesday with us. We appreciate it. Going to start with our shipping report as we always do. And then we have a giveaway and it's for some cool gobies that I'll tell you all about. After that, we'll get to questions and comments and uh, general discussion about fish, aquariums, and uh, you know, geeking out about that kind of stuff. So, shipping report. Okay, last time we calculated this, it was 98.14% success rate shipping. I'm happy to report we've gone up one hundredths of a percent. We are now at 98.15% success rate. So, that means that 98.15% of the fish that we have uh, sent to our customers over the last 12 months have arrived in good shape and done well for our customers. That's what that number means. We track that carefully. We're trying to be the company that is careful about it handles fish, careful about how it sources fish, careful about how it ships fish. Um, so we get fish to our customers that are actually in good enough shape to live and thrive for our customers. So our customers have a good experience and uh, have a tank full of lively fish that's fun to watch. And we think that that is what is good for the hobby and for the aquarium fish industry. So that's why we track that number. So it's going up one hundredths of a percent better than last time. So we're, we're clawing our way back after our infamous January 30th shipping debacle, which here at Dan's Fish has gone down in history. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. But anyway, that's the report. So let's get to the giveaway. The giveaway fish today is one that's near and dear to my heart, as they all are. I know, I know. Every fish is like, oh, this is my favorite. I, I get it. I get it. But it's actually true. Each fish is my favorite in many ways. But check these out. So these are the neon blue Stifidon gobies. And the reason I'm not putting a scientific name with them is there are several species they look very much the same. The ones that we're currently giving away were sold to us as neon, uh, Stifidon elegans, but they're a blue neon goby. And so you never know for sure which species you have. So I just go by the common name. Man, I needed a drink, didn't even know it. That's better. So a little bit about these gobies. These are torrent fish, meaning they live in rapidly flowing environments. Think of like a hill stream loach, really rapid flowing water. That's what these guys live in. Very good flow. And because it's really good flow, there's not a lot of stuff suspended in the water. This is clean water, oxygen rich water. Think of like a trickling mountain stream, right? That has some pools, but also some rapids. You would find these in the rapids. Now they're tropical, so it's not necessarily like a alpine mountain stream, but 
when you go up in the mountains on a hike and you see that, that clear water flowing and it's so beautiful, it's crystal clear, that's the kind of water these guys live in. Very clean water, very oxygen rich water. So item number one, they need clean water, they need oxygen rich water. They don't necessarily need torrent conditions, but you have to keep the oxygen in the water. You have to keep it saturated. The best way to do that is just keep the water clean. And yeah, have a filter. Sponge filters are great. Uh, air stones are great. Or you can do a power head, do a river tank manifold system. You can get as fancy as you want with it. But the point is it needs to be clean. This is not a fish that's going to do well in a new aquarium where ammonia is... It's not even likely. A new aquarium, ammonia is going to spike, right? You're going to have fluctuations as the aquarium matures and stabilizes and becomes an ecosystem. New tanks don't have that yet. It takes a while for the proper algaes and protozoans and bacteria populations and everything to establish and for the tank to, to become stable. So first thing is I would not get these fish if your tank is not stable. In the waters they come from, there's no ammonia. That, that water is flowing over rocks and things. There's so much surface area and there's so much churning and oxygen richness that they're not dealing with ammonia or a lot of the uh, compounds we can have in our tanks. I found them to be extremely hardy. They're very hardy fish, but they need clean water in a mature tank. So that's item number one. Item number two with these fish is how they eat. So it might be hard to see. Let's see if this will, yeah. Um, Stiffodon gobies have unique mouths. They're a lot like a Placostomus in that they suck on things and rasp things. They don't really like grab things and swallow them like a typical animal would. These are grazers. So remember, they're living on rocks and rapids. Not a lot of food is flowing in the water column. It's very clean. So what they do is they go down on the rocks and they eat the algae and biofilm and whatever that German word is. Aufwatch? Eh, I'm going to butcher it. But anyway, that, that living film that's on, on the rocks. So that's what they graze on. So their mouth is built like a pleco or like maybe a snail or something where they grip with their mouth to, to hang on. And they also have suction cups from their, um, their ventral fins or, or suction cups as well. So they can suck on with their fins, suck on with their mouths and rasp and scrape off that biofilm and those algaes and eat that along with all the little critters that grow in that. So what that means is these are not a fish that will go find a meal, eat it in one gulp and be good for a few days. These are fish that grazes all day long. They're continuously eating. And so it's very important when you're keeping on type gobies to have food in front of them that they can take their time eating. If that tank is full of other fish that eat very quickly, then the, the goby won't have enough dwell time with the food to get the proper nutrition. We like feeding um, like extreme bottom scratchers. Those They're like a pellet that's water stable. It takes a long time for them to break down. We put those in the tanks and the gobies will chew on them over the course of a few hours and get the food they need. 
They also like grazing on old rocks and driftwood or PVC pipes that has algae and stuff on it. So hardscape's good. They'll, they'll graze on plants too, but hardscape is really what they're having in nature. It's rocks, right? It's river rock. So make sure they're in an aquarium where they have enough time with the food that they can gradually rasp away at it and get a full meal. So that's, that's one of the main things about keeping them. They're very friendly, they're peaceful, they have a hierarchy, they'll chase each other around and they'll clown around and do all that goby fun stuff, but they're fairly peaceful. Groups are better than just like two for sure, but uh, I would say get as many as you can and you'll see a lot more behavior, a lot more coloration, a lot more activity. There's not as much reason to color up if there aren't other fish of the same species to show off to, right? So a group is, is very good. They don't get too big, couple inches, two and a half inches maybe. So this is a small fish. And again, very peaceful with other fish. So that's the basics of them. Temperature, whatever your standard aquarium temperatures are for tropical fish is fine. Mid 70s to low 80s is just fine. Um, and oh, they can climb, so you need a, you need a lid they will climb right out of an aquarium. They, they kind of grab with their mouth and then let go with their suction cup from their ventral fins or pelvic fins or whatever they're called these days. And then they'll stick that on, let loose with their mouth, grab on and kind of go up like this. It's really quick, they do it quick, but yeah. So that's, that's the fish we're giving away. They're awesome, but keep those things in mind. They need time with the food and they need a tank that is stabilized so you don't get ammonia spikes and things. They need clean water in a stable aquarium. So if you think that you have an aquarium that would give these guys a good home and you would like to enter into the drawing for a chance to win them, then just type hashtag so blue in the chat. Hashtag S-O-B-L-U-E in the chat. No spaces, caps don't matter and you'll be entered to win some of those coming up a little later tonight. Last thing I want to uh, say before I just talk is, as, as a lot of you know, my wife is, uh, sings online every week. She's a singer, that's what she does. And so I'm posting a link down here. I'm gonna wait till all the So Blues are entered or it'll get lost, um, where you can go to her channel, listen to her sing right after this stream ends every night. I head over because she has a premiere at 8.30 every night, uh, which is precisely when this stream ends. So I go there if you want to follow over and listen to... For years, people were like, yeah, your wife isn't real. So A, I got to prove that Brenda's real, and B, you can listen to her sing a song. And it's only going to last a couple minutes. Like It's just one song, so not too long. Okay, with that, let me tell you what's been going on here. So we got some new fish in brought them in on monday so we've been working hard to get those settled we have a large import that we're going to work frantically for the next couple days to get released so if you're looking for some several species of rainbow fish a lot of stuff that we've just been out of stock on for a while along with some new stuff some pretty exciting things there's a goby that i think is amazing it's very different than the other gobies we've normally sold so that will be coming 
those will start being released over the next couple of days. Anything that doesn't have pictures, so the new stuff, I just won't have pictures yet, goes to the very bottom of the list on the website. Fish that have pictures of the fish that's for sale go to the top. So it, it wouldn't hurt over the next few days, uh, hopefully starting tomorrow, to look at stuff at the bottom where the pictures aren't to see the stuff that's really new that we just don't have pictures of yet. So that's what's been going on here. The other thing that's been going on, which I'm very excited about, is this. So this right here is a new valve. It's an actuated valve and um, it helps us monitor the system and it automates the system to another degree. So I can tell by looking at this that this valve is 25% open. So there's some water draining out of the valve. And what it does is helps us fine tune the amount of water that is leaving our system and returning to the local creek that we take the water from. So it's helping make sure that the amount of water coming in and the amount of water going out are, um, that there's less, dif less differential. And that way the pumps can go at a more uniform pace and don't ramp up and slow down as much. So the more you can keep your pumps pumping your water stable, the more efficient they are and the less electricity they consume, which is great for, you know, great for the planet and great for our pocketbook and also less wear and tear so the pumps last longer which is good but also just makes the flows more stable in the system if pumps aren't ramping up and down so so that valve helps regulate that so that there's more parity between the pump uh, bringing the water into the building from our creek and the pump taking the water out of the building in the cistern once it's left the aquariums so I'm very excited about that little piece of equipment the other thing that is, and that just got online this afternoon, so I've been keeping a close eye on it to make sure it's working. So far, so good. And the other thing is, right now, in, in the cistern that collects the water leaving the aquariums, there's a bottom sensor and a top sensor. When the water hits the top sensor, the system knows, hey, there's too much water in there and takes measures to drain it down. And when the water hits the bottom sensor, the system knows there's too little water in there so we need to take measures to fill it back up. So that's kind of, it's two points of data to run that system. And that kind of regulates how much water comes in and all these other things. But the problem is two points isn't that good for stability. Like you get to the bottom and action is taken. You get to the top and action is taken. So the new piece of equipment that's been installed, it's not hooked up yet. It hasn't been plugged into the computer yet. But what it is, is a continuous strip. So anywhere along the strip, from the very top of the cistern to the bottom, um, it calculates where the water is at any given time. So it's not just it hits the top and we know, and it hits the bottom and we know. We know at any given time where the water level is in the cistern. And that's awesome for the same reason. Because then if something has to happen to keep the cistern from getting too full or too, too empty, if it gets all the way empty, uh, the system shuts down, but but also we lose prime on one of our pumps, and we can reprime, but it's a process, right? It's kind of a pain. This way, the system knows, okay, the water's going down, 
So we need to take this slight, per, this slight measure, do this slight tweak to bring it back up. And it can do all those things gradually and slowly instead of, oh, it hit the bottom, take this action. Or it hit the top, take this action. It can be like, looks like the water over the last few minutes has dropped three inches. So we're gonna make this slight tweak so it goes up again. And instead of on and off or major corrections, it's just this very gradual fine tuning thing. So I'm excited about that. That's installed, but not, not programmed yet. But that's the new improvement. So we're, as we've been in here, we, we got in here and really started getting up and running and operating and shipping fish in August of 2022. And there's been a, a learning curve figuring out, okay, the system we invented looked good on paper, <laughs> but what have we learned and how can we make it better based on what we've learned? So the, the plans, getting it all installed, that's the starting point. From then we've learned lots of things of, hey, we can run this more efficiently. We don't have to use this much power. Now we're pretty efficient, but the more efficient we get, again, the better for the planet, the better for our pocketbook, right? So there's things like that we're always trying to uh, improve and that's two major improvements this week so that's been awesome Ooh, and I'm always tired on Wednesdays you get me at my most tired today it's even worse because uh, one of our team members was out sick today so I had to step up and do their job as well as to try to get my job done. And so <laughs> it was a very busy day. So anyway, to that team member, if you're watching, I hope you're doing better. I hope you get well soon. We're thinking of you. We miss you. Um, and I think that's pretty much the update. Just a whole bunch of new fish about to be listed. And uh, in another week, hopefully some more. And then have some more coming in next week that I'm very excited about. I'm, I'm, I think... I think maybe, maybe I have found a good guppy supplier. Their reputation is solid. I've seen uh, videos of their facility and their fish. Um, I've spoken to people that are familiar with their fish. And so I'm trying another guppy supplier. And we'll see. Fingers crossed. But I'm really excited next week to get a few guppies in, test them out, and hopefully this is the one it has been a years of work so far to try to find a, a reliable guppy supplier that has quality stock that is healthy <laughs> like basically all we're asking is send us guppies that won't die on us or die for our customers right that's really all we're looking for you wouldn't believe what a tall order that is though that has not been easy and there there are lots of guppy suppliers out there for sure but we haven't found the one yet that treats them in a way that they remain healthy through the uh, entire process. And yeah, I guess I don't need to get into that too deeply. You've all heard me rant, but uh, one thing with guppies that's always something to overcome is the industry is just used to like packing so many in a bag, even more than other fish, right? So they'll just put so many in a single bag that if anything goes wrong, if the flight gets delayed a little bit or the temperature is not perfect or one fish isn't doing well and dies and starts rotting in the bag or whatever, if, anything, if it doesn't go perfect, then you have a lot of problems. And it's been really difficult to try to find 
a company that packs lighter. There's a few out there. And that has healthy stock. So still haven't found them. Hopefully, actually I should say, hopefully this new company we're trying will be the one. We've had uh, some experience with some of their other fish and they've done great. And so now we're gonna try some of their guppies. So it's just, you know, slow build, just always trying to find the best fish we can, the most humanely uh, treated and transported fish that we can. And so hopefully this, this one will work out. We'll know. We'll know in a few weeks. You never know till you try. And uh, that's a bummer because if it goes wrong, it's like, oh, great. I just killed a bunch of fish. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> had the best intentions, but oh, well. But you learn not to use that supplier again. And it's expensive. You know, when you try and things go bad, you eat all that cost. So um, hopefully this is the one. Fingers crossed. Send, send all your good vibes. So that's kind of what's going on here. That's what we're excited about. That's this, this whole guppy thing has been, for years I've been trying to crack it. Now when I buy guppies from hobbyists, they often do well. So I should say that. I'm not talking about hobbyists here. The guppies we get from hobbyists are usually great. In fact, the red dragons that we have right now, those came from a hobbyist. Those are amazing. They're rock solid. They're healthy. They're beautiful. They have great finish and color. Um, those are awesome. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the industry. If we need to find suppliers that can uh, provide a steady number of stock that we need to stay stocked up, right? And hobbyist breeders are great. They're our favorite place to buy fish for sure. If you're a hobbyist breeder and you have some extra fish and you want to sell them, send us an email, hello at dancefish.com, H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. Uh, we pay 25% of the retail price landed. So landed means the cost of the, the fish plus the cost of the shipping to get the fish. Um, so just know that up front. If, that, if you're like, that might work for me, then send us an email, hello at dancefish.com. H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. We want to work with you. And by the way, if you're one of the hobbyist breeders who sent us fish and um, we're still waiting on an invoice for you, from you, uh, please do send the invoice. We do want to pay you, but we can't pay until we get an invoice. Our bookkeeper needs an invoice. So anyway, um, but, but the hobbyists aren't breeding enough fish to like sustainably and stably supply us, right? We get some and they're great and then they sell out and then it might be months before the hobbyist has more. So we're trying to find uh, someone in the industry who breeds enough that we can have enough to suit our needs and, and keep our, our clientele in the fish that we're looking for but also that does a good enough job that we feel good about working with them and selling those fish to our customers. So, so that's what we're doing. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been an adventure. It always is, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it's all moving in the right direction. So happy about that. Thank you to all of you folks and all your support. Really very much appreciated. To all of our customers who buy from us, thank you. Especially if you buy from us, and, uh, and tell your friends about us. That is like amazing help. Just getting the word out is, is amazing. So thanks to everybody. With that, let's get to your questions and comments. But, but first, as always, I want to thank my moderators for being here and doing what they do. 
every week, showing up, volunteering an hour and a half of their time every week to moderate the chat and make sure everyone has a good and safe time. So I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Okay, I saw that we had a new member join up. Kalivi, Kalivi, thank you so much for joining the Fishmonger crew. Welcome aboard. I hope you have a good time. A couple of benefits for the members that you might not be familiar with is one, there is merch that only the members can get. So like this blue colored merch, right? This one is the Bosmani Rainbow Fish. I really like that design. Um, but if it's this kind of royal blue, that's only available to the members. The other thing is when we list, take videos of new stock, we make that available to the members before anyone else so that, uh, so that they, if they see something they want, they can get it before it sells out because a lot of things sell out quickly. So we want to give our members a chance to get with the, those dream fish that they want um, as, a, as a perk of being a member. So that's what we have right now. We have some other things in the pipeline, but they all take coding and programming. And it's this constant balance, this juggle between, okay, we have random arms, right? We have Jonathan, and, and he's a software engineer. So he can do things that are amazing for the company. But do we use Jonathan's skills to make things more efficient and make it so that people that are that, that maintaining this facility, packing the fish, medicating the fish, all those things uh, have better systems that take less time, less margin for error, less pain points. So do we use that for operations basically? Or do we use it to integrate with another sales channel, um, eBay or Amazon or something like that so we can increase our sales platforms and maybe reach more customers and increase sales. We do have to increase sales or, or we won't last very long. We do need operations to run smoothly or do we do things to benefit the members or do we do things to do, you know, there's all these categories of stuff that we need coding done and software built to make them happen. And it's always that thing of what is the thing we should do now? Of all these hundreds of things, like literally pages of things that we need to do, how do we decide the one to focus on now? And we, we have a, you know, a, a system for that, but there is some stuff we want to do for the members. Right now though, we're working on some stuff with operations and we're also um, getting integrated with eBay so that we have another sales channel. So. Those are taking precedence right now, but I do want the members to know we haven't forgot about you. We do want to make something happen. Um, the, the thought in my mind right now is that when we list a new fish that we've never listed before, that members get to see it and have access to it for, I don't know, a few hours before the general public so that members can, can have a chance to buy that. So before it sells out, right? So, so there's some things like that we're working on content I'm doing my best but uh, I find it difficult just to take enough footage to keep um, our editor busy right to keep content flowing to, to Steven so that he keeps the videos coming so I, I can't handle more content right now um, that what I can do right now is we can make some merch for the members which is kind of cool it's like oh you must be a member because you have that merch no one else can get that right and try to let them know when something new and exciting 
is listed on the website. And, and by the way, any members, when you see me post in the members community tab uh, about that, that's the intention. It's not to try to sell. It's if you want this, I want you to know it's available so you have a chance to get it before someone else does. That's, that's all we're trying to do. There's been lots of times when we've had items that people who support us through lots of super chats or memberships or whatever we've had over the years, whatever mechanism you've had to support us over the years, um, have wanted and have missed out on because they sell out so fast. So we're just trying to give the members a little leg up on, on that kind of stuff. Anyway, Kalivi, thank you again for joining up. Kaylers Aquatics and Reptiles, thanks for throwing down a little bit of Pippi. Pippi putting some pep in my step. And I appreciate the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But as you know, it does make Brenda, my wife, super happy when super chats pop up on the screen. So thank you. Chonsworth. Thanks for being a member, Chonsworth. Gobi, Gobi, Gobi. I'm waiting for blue neons to be back in stock so I can fill my new hidey holes with more gobies. You know what? I can put the neons back in stock. Let me do that right now. Because we have several that are looking good and are ready to go. So let's do that. Just waiting for it to load here. Is it blue neon? No, it's neon blue. There it is, neon blue goby. We've got like at least 50 that are available. So change the stock level from zero to 50. Make sure our shipping's right. Yes, it is. And Johnny, if you want to go over this after I'm done and make sure I didn't screw anything up. <laughs> so there we go. We'll post that. And now it's posting. So I've got a lot going on. I've got the streaming software going on and YouTube open and all this stuff. So it's going to take a second. If you go to Dan's Fish and view newest arrivals, there they are. Anyone who would like the Blue Neon Gobies, they're now available. And there's a bunch of other fish that will be available over the next couple of days. And I really wanted, a Rock and Fish made a good point. He sent me an email and he said, you used to do this thing on the live streams where you would uh, tell people about the fish that were coming available so they would know and show pictures of them and stuff. And I actually meant to do that today, but when the crew member went home sick and I had to step in and cover it, just didn't leave enough time. But that, that would be a good thing to do. Um, so Chonsworth, hopefully you win the gobies, but if not, they're there, they're ready to buy. They look good, we have two tanks of them and this batch is really nice. They're fat and healthy and, and great, so they should do well for you. Jeff Kane, Dan, do the hobbyist breeders need a business license? That's between you and the government. That has nothing to do with me. I just need your first name, your last name, and your address in an itemized invoice once the order's been received and, and payment is ready. Um, that's what I need for my end. But no, I, I buy from hobbyists all the time and I can do that without a business license. Now, in your area, I don't know what the laws are, if you're supposed to have a business license to sell 100 bucks of fish or not. Um, 
I think each area has its own laws and things, so I, I can't really advise you on that. But I'm fine buying from a hobbyist that doesn't have a business license, as long as I have that information. Because um, if we do a certain amount of business every year, then that has to be reported uh, to the government. So have to our accountant needs that information. Um, and now it's quite a bit of business. I, I don't know what the number is and how that works exactly, but. Uh, there was, I, I didn't know this early on, and there was someone who was an independent contractor working for us. Um, and they were not an employee, they were a contractor doing some marketing stuff for us. This was way early on. And tax time came around and the accountant was like, all right, I need their first name, last name, and address. And I was like, well, I, I know their name, but I don't have their address. <laughs> like, it's just, I, I hired a business to come do some stuff. So, yeah, but anyway. I'm not super familiar with all that stuff, Jeff Kane. I, I, I keep myself covered. That's what my accountant's for. I don't know everything else on the other end. Okay. Um, here we go. Let's get to comments. Oh, and thanks, Jeff, by the way, for being a member. I appreciate that. Mega Mindy Lou, I got some cribs from you. Gorgeous fish. I have hard water here. Will they breed in hard water? Yeah, I'm pretty sure cribs will breed in almost anything. So I've seen them breed in pet stores in Los Angeles that had super hard, kind of terrible water. And if they can breed there, they can probably breed anywhere. So yeah, I think they'll be fine breeding-wise. Now, if they breed and the batches are infertile, like they all turn white all the time, then maybe not. Maybe in that case you want to soften the water a little bit. But in general, yeah, I think cribs, especially pelvic acromis um, pulcher, which I think is the one we're talking about, they've been in aquariums for so long that I think they've adapted to all kinds of water parameters, including hard water. I mean, the, the, Florida produces a ton of them and they have lots of hard water. Now they do soften their water for some species, but I don't think for cribs. The fish guy, five. Did you find another supplier for the African Tetris? No, no. There's just not that many people. It's not like there's a lot of people out there being like, I want to supply Tetris to the world. So I have to wait till I find one, but I have not found one yet. I wish I could. Daniel McNamara. I think I said that right. McNamara. Can you share some of the new rainbow fish species? Oh, let's see. Okay. Let's see if I can do this without sharing anything too sensitive. The best way for me to do that is probably by doing it on my phone, because when I do it on the computer, I inevitably share something I didn't mean to. So this will take just a second, but yes, I, I think I can. Um, Okay. Okay, I just need to find this list. Oof. Oh, it's hard on the phone. But but yeah, just a sec. This should be worth it. Is it you? Okay, I'm just trying to find the right tab here 
it's a little bit hard because um, the tabs are so small I can't really read them. And if I can't do this way, I'll do it another way. Here we go. Yes, I got it. So just a second, and I'll, I'll show. Or sh I'll share some of these rainbows with you. Okay, the first one, which I've already talked about, so I don't mind talking about it again, is not a true rainbow, but it's super cool. It is this. So we were able to get some Pseudomugil melisin. Um, there's a, a gentleman that breeds them, and I was able to get a group in. So we have some Pseudomugil melis. I'm warning you right now, these are not cheap. They, they cost me a lot to get and bring in. But we have them, and uh, I don't know exactly what the price will be. That's tomorrow and the next day, getting that all figured out. But that's a really cool one. Um, we have a Chilotherina, which is really nice. Basquiata. But this is the Cali Web, which is awesome. The, um, the breeder sent me a picture of, the, the fish breeder sent me a picture of his brood stock, which is just so cool. So I know there's a million different Fasciatus out there, but I think Cali Webb is one of the really, really pretty ones. We have some wild Pseudomugil Ivan Safi, which are drop-dead gorgeous. They're the biggest Ivan Safi I've ever seen, and they have amazing coloration. Um, we have Melanotania Goldii, but the one from Kiura. We also have the one, I believe, from Goldie River, but we got some Kiura in, which is a different location. Green Dragons, Red Dragons, Gary Lane Guy. Um, oh, yeah, Soluen Soluensis Starch Creek. So this is one of my favorites. Uh, how do you spell Soluensis? Well, let's just say... these guys. I like that picture. So it's a pinstriped fish that gets red fins. It's really pretty when that happens. I, I really like the pinstriped type fish. We got Melanotania kiunga. Oh, look at that. That's, that's a big boy right there. Wowzer. What I like about this fish is even at a fairly small size, it gets some, some decent some decent color. That's a pretty picture. Um, Komeng River, this one I like as well. Same reason, nice blue on this fish. Uh, just a really nice iridescent blue, even when the fish is young and doesn't have any other color. So I like the Komeng Rivers a lot. I've never seen them big, fully colored adults because I always sell them before they grow big enough. But that's another one I really like. We have some Rubro Vitata. Some more Kalitawa. Some Picta. If you don't know this one, I think most people know Picta. It's one of the prettiest fish like in the world. Like, look at these guys. 
so pretty. I like Picta a lot. I like the black stripe down the middle. And uh, there, that's a smattering of them. There's, there's more. There's more coming. But that's a smattering. Normally what I would have done if I had time is just got all these pictures up in advance and uh, been able to go from one to the other would have been better. But yeah, since you ask, that's a few. There are 323 people here. That is not too shabby for this little channel. That's pretty good for this like little engine that could. It dropped to 317. As soon as I mentioned it, it never fails. <laughs> All right, scrolling up here, Jacob Metzer. Oh, there's an N in there, Jacob Metzner. How do did you like the guppies from Israel compared to the new supplier you were hopeful about? So the guppies from Israel are pretty good. The, um, the blonde koi guppies we got in were from Israel. What I like about Israel's fish so far is they seem to be very consistent. The, the, the lines seem to be set really well. So I think they're consistent. I still need to do more testing with the Israel fish. I only did one shipment. And I got a couple guppies in that didn't do well from Israel. But in fairness, that was one of those situations where the plane bringing the fish in got delayed. It was bitter cold outside. And when I got the guppies, they were cold. Uh, somewhere in the 50 degree range. So when that happens, it's hard to blame the fish if they don't do well. We're, we're still nursing uh, one or two kinds from Israel back to health because they went through that. And I'm, I'm assuming that's what happened and not that the fish that were sent to us were bad or anything. I'm assuming that just, my guess, if we got too, if we got too cold, we would get sick, right? Even if we were in perfect health before that happened. So I don't have enough of a sample size or um, ordered enough stuff from Israel to have a full opinion yet, other than to say that the uh, al the blonde koi guppies, not the albino, the blonde koi guppies we got in from them have been amazing. They're, they look healthy, they're very uniform, and they bounce back pretty quickly even though they got cold. So, don't know quite yet though, in general, what to say about them. Olivia CK, I just received my first order from you on Tuesday and everything looks healthy and doing great. The order was packed beautifully. I couldn't be happier. Oh, Olivia, thank you so much. I'm glad to hear that. That balances out like we got our, we don't get bad feedback that often, but we did get one recently that uh, someone wasn't happy with, with one of the two of the fish they got. And so it's nice to have that balanced by someone who did. And we try really hard, but we're not going to please... Who's that president? You can please most of the people all the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. Like, we really do our best. And every now and then we screw up, and it's our fault. And um, we acknowledge that. We're people, right? We, we do our very best. We have systems in place and procedures that are pretty good and keep the quality very high compared to the industry standard, for sure. But every now and then something goes wrong that that is in our control and then we're like oh we got to fix that we didn't see that hole in the system or that isn't in our control and um what happened in this one is the customer ordered two kinds of rainbow fish one rainbow fish each and 
what they got, they, they didn't like. They, did, they wanted something with different coloration and things. And I totally understand that. Like, if you're looking online and you see a picture of a fish and you order a fish and it comes and it doesn't look exactly like that, that seems weird because usually when you go online and buy things, if you're shopping Amazon or whatever, we're all really accustomed to buying online these days, right? You, you buy the thing and like I just bought um, some lav mics. They came, they looked exactly like the picture, you know, they should. They're these manufactured things. With fish, it gets a little tricky though, and especially with rainbow fish. And a couple reasons for that. One is rainbow fish are highly variable in their coloration. Their color changes according to the time of day, according to the temperature, according to the oxygen saturation, according to the pH, to the hardness or softness of the water, um, what kind of substrate they're on, what kind of lighting quality they're exposed to. You pick a parameter and the rainbow fish will change based on that parameter. Take a rainbow fish, keep it in hard alkaline water, it'll look one way. Keep in the same tank, same lighting and everything, switch it to soft acidic water, it could look an entirely different way. So because of that, the pictures we can show of the rainbow fish are, these are what the rainbow fish look like when they're here in our tanks. That's all I can show you. I don't know what they're going to look like when they go to your tanks that have different parameters and different lighting and different all these things, right? So, um, oh, and the other thing is we don't guarantee sexes. We try our best if we can, but if they aren't, if, if you put the net in the tank, if they're young, first of all, it's, you can't sex them when they're all swimming around, right? They don't sit there posed with their fins up when you're trying to catch them. So. Um, it's possible that when you buy a rainbow fish, especially if you just buy one, if we pick one and send it to you, we'll check for health and everything, but it might be a female, especially if it's a young fish. Or if our sex ratio is skewed and we don't have enough to send a certain sex or whatever. And we try to be upfront about that. And when people respond, request certain sexes, uh, Johnny responds and either says, yes, we can totally do that, or I'm sorry, we can't guarantee that. We'll try but we can't guarantee that. And our stance is if, and by the way, this, I'm, the customer who was disappointed, I'm sorry you were disappointed. I'm not saying you shouldn't have been. Your experience is yours and it's valid. But I'm just trying to express a larger thing around uh, fish and selling fish and what we experience on my end. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't have left that review we appreciate that you took the time to write that review. It's clear you spent some time typing that out and figuring out how to say it. Like, we appreciate that. We like the good reviews, but we also like the bad ones. We like all the feedback we can get. It helps us be better. Um, but, oh, I've lost my train of thought just now. Anyway, there's so much variation in fish. And so, you know, that, that makes it a little hard. So I get it though, and I'm not quite sure. The only way we could I don't actually know. I don't think there is a way to make it that so the fish you get always looks exactly like the fish we sent because your water could be different and the fish is going to look different. So even if the fish I sent you is the actual fish in the picture on the website and I pick that fish and I send it to you, it could still look different on the other end of the transaction. But, but like especially rainbow fish. So to that customer, we're sorry you were disappointed. Um, Sorry you had a bad experience. 
We try hard not to make that happen, but we acknowledge that occasionally it does. We try to control everything in our power to make that not happen, but yeah. yeah. Rainbow fish is hard though. They're so variable, highly variable. So anyway, Olivia, I'm glad you were happy with yours. Daniel McNamara, shout out to Geek Boy for sharing the awesome aquariums and information in the recent video on the Dance Fish channel. I have more questions so I can hopefully implement some of those techniques. Yeah, so yeah, Geek Boy's tanks are amazing. Some of the prettiest aquascape tanks I've ever seen. Some of the coolest plants I've ever seen. And what got me, because my passion is breeding and raising fish, was his breeding setup. I thought that was amazing. So if you guys haven't seen that video, it's worth a gander just to see how he sets things up and does what he does. It's pretty impressive. Michael Melier. Hey, good to hear from you, Michael. I hope you're doing well. Long time no see. How much volume would a hobbyist breeder need to provide guppies, platies, and other live bearers for you to be interested in? It, it depends on the rarity. Uh, you know, some fish are very hard to find. So like, take Pseudomugo mellis. If I could have found only a pair of them, like it almost would have been worth getting them. Uh, a super rare, hard to get fish like that. Guppies, platies, and other live bears. We generally like to buy like 25 pairs at a time. So 50 individual fish at a time is a minimum. Um, but if we're buying from you and we're already getting lots of other fish and you're like oh and I also have you know 20 of these sometimes it's worth it but here's what happens on our end each fish goes into its own aquarium when it arrives it goes into an empty aquarium there's no other fish in there so we can get them th through a quarantine process right you can't really quarantine fish if you're mixing them all together at least uh, not super effectively there's too many variables that way so and it costs us a certain amount every month for every tank we have and it's it's not nothing it's uh it's over 100 bucks a month just to have a tank in our store so and, and that number varies all the time we're constantly tracking that number but anyway it's it's a significant number and so what we can't do is get a shipment of fish that the dollar amount of those fish when they're ready to sell is less than it costs just to have that tank up and running in our fish warehouse. That would be an automatic loss, right? So what we try to do is get enough fish or enough fish of a certain value on the market. I want to stress, we don't think of fish as commodities. We think of them as animals that need respect and deserve proper treatment. But as a business, I have to ensure that if it costs, call it $170 a month just to have a tank going, then I have to make sure I have more than that in fish in the tank to sell every month so that the business doesn't go under. So that's, that's kind of how we have to look at it. But depending on the guppies and platies and other live bearers, um, I would say 25 pairs is kind of the starting point. But if you have like a rare um, Gudeid or wild type live bear or, or some kind of cauliflower fin, really hard to find fish, then it would take less just because the, uh, the monetary value in that tank can be satisfied with less fish. So it kind of it depends.
Beerges. Did I say that right? I hope so. How do you give an invoice if you're not a business? Well, it's easy. You create a Word document or a Google document or an email and say first name, last name, address, and then you itemize what you sold us. So 10 turquoise blue guppies at this price, 10 Fundalo Panchax Garden Rye at this price. You know, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but you, you just type it up. An invoice is not something only a business can generate. All an invoice is, is your information and the itemized things that you sold us and what their value was with the total at the end so we can bill you. That's all it is. It's not like a receipt that prints at the grocery store that you have to have this like machine to automatically print a receipt. You can send an email with it as long as it's got all the information we need. Now we prefer like a Word document or a PDF or something like that because it's easier to like take that and put it in, in a file and store it and you know send it to the accountant and, and all that stuff and the bookkeeper. But uh, yeah. Case Stu, what are some of the worst fish for shipping? So the ones that we have the most trouble with receiving are Axelrod I Rasboras. I'm sorry. I know. I wish I could get them in for you, but they ship. Actually, they ship. They can ship fine, but for some reason, they won't live in in my system. I don't know why. So Axelrod I Rasbor, it's really difficult for us to get in good shape. Um, another one that's difficult for us to get is Clown Killies, uh, Pseudepiplates annulatus, Rocket Killies sometimes they're called. I love that fish. I've bred lots and lots of them. I've raised lots and lots of them. I've bought lots and lots of them. But for some reason, ever since I've moved to this area of the world, I've had trouble keeping them. So that's one. Now they might ship fine, but then they go down once I put them in my water. And the other one is the um, striped barb. I don't know what it is, but the same thing. Um, they, they're tricky shippers, and even when we get them in good shape, they just don't last well for us. So those are three problem children for sure. Apart from that, I don't think there's any one fish that we ship that we have a lot of trouble with more than others. Rummy nose tetras can be a little bit tricky, but we have pretty good luck with them, but maybe a slightly higher loss rate than other fish. Corydoras can be a little bit tricky depending on the, the source you get them from. I think we fixed most of that problem because we've, we've figured out uh, where that problem was in the supply chain and we're able to bypass it. I don't know, those are the ones that come to mind. Hmm. Chris Resecker, will the Hawaiian Variatus Platys be up soon? I want some so badly. I actually don't think we have any right now. I do need to bring some more in if we're out. Or do we have some? Johnny, do you know? Um, if, if Johnny's here, he can answer that question. I don't... I think we sold out of the last batch, or maybe we have a few more to list. Uh, I'll need Johnny to chime in, but I think it's going to be a little while, Chris. But that is one that'll bring in again. 
I wasn't super happy. So I'm trying to find a good supplier of those two, not because they, they aren't hardy and don't do well, but because I want to align with more consistency to it. So there were some of the Variatus Plates we got in fairly recently, healthy, happy, beautiful, but one fish, like, I don't know, say there were 100 fish, 20 of them were just like, I don't know, you don't, you, you're happy and healthy, and you look kind of like a Variatus Platy, but I don't think I can sell you as a Variatus Platy because you aren't quite what the customer would expect for that fish. So that is one that I'm, I'm looking for a more solidified line on. Brandon, are you also taking hobbyist plants? No, not really. Um, Dragon Layer is going to send us a bunch of Java moss because we need some for our aquariums. But uh, besides that, we don't really take hobbyist plants. We're, we're too new at the plant game to even know what we're doing. So maybe later when we know what we're doing and we know how to... Uh, yeah, we just need more experience before we expose a hobbyist to what we're doing. <laughs> That's kind of the bottom line there. Yeah, I, I'm a novice at plants. I'm trying to get everyone healthy plants. Um, they're transitioning sometimes, though. So sometimes the leaves are a little ragged or, you know, being uh, reabsorbed and stuff. So all that stuff is happening. So far, everyone seems to understand that. I don't know. Let's let's hear from the uh, hive mind here. Anyone here that's got plants from us, and, and don't pull any punches, um, did you think you got healthy plants? If they were transitioning, did they come back? Did, you know, did they transition and generate new growth for you? Like, how are we doing on the plants? That is a question I have. I think we're doing okay, but we're not like a specialist. We basically take a plant and put it in a tank that exists, right? We don't have this pristine plant set up like uh, with, you know, stuff that make sure there's never any algae and that it's got CO2 and the best lighting in the world. Nope, our plants live in a tank like this with like a cheap LED shop light. So I guess the good news is if you get them from us, you know that they're probably pretty hardy and not very demanding. <laughs> but I am curious how that's going for people. Mark Sturlson throwing down a super jet. Thanks so much, Mark. Much appreciated. Or can this help Dan to see your message? Yeah. I mean, money always helps. I will say that for sure. I do try to, I don't ever require super chats to respond. I'll respond to the chat as I see it, but I do try to make a special, special effort to respond to the super chats because when people literally throw money at us, then I feel bad if I don't answer. And we aren't like some channels that are so inundated with super chats that that swamps the whole thing and no one else gets a chance. So we do do that. Wizzle the degenerate fish keeper. Is Wizzle new? You add, you add a little bit to that degenerate? <laughs> I love your clown rasboras. The smiley face is the best on the scales. And thanks, I also have four with my pork chops. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, clown rasboras are amazing and pretty underrated as well. Kelly Foreman, thanks for the super chat, Kelly. I'm pretty excited for all the glow light Daniels I just ordered from you an hour ago. Well, I'm excited too because that batch of glow lights is stunning. They're doing great. It's been hardy. You know, there's fish that come in and it's like, ooh, those are going to take some time. We have to nurse them back to health. And we're happy to do it. 
But it's so nice when a batch comes in and from the get-go they're hardy and solid and bright and happy and healthy. And this batch is like that. We didn't have to nurse these guys back to health. So I think you're going to love them, Kelly. They've been delightful. Like literally, delight. <laughs> they're, they're so bright. They're like delight, man. <laughs> okay, scrolling here for the next one, and it's going to jump, isn't it? Oh, it didn't. Oh, it just did. Shoot, Jeff Kane, I saw a comment from you, and just as I was about to read it, it jumps. So the next one I can see is Jacob Metzer. Would sinking pellet, what sinking pellet would you recommend for feeding my Corridor's breeding colony with a different size, with all different size quarries? I don't really have a recommendation because I haven't tried that many, but the ones we use are Hikari Massivore Delight because it's big and it sinks and it's water stable. And uh, Extreme, is it's not Bottom Scratcher, that's Rapashi. Extreme Catfish Pellet is what we're using right now because it sinks. Um, we've also used all kinds of algae wafers and stuff. So we do that. Uh, I would supplement that with bloodworms. You can use Rapashi. Just keep food in front of them. But Hikari Massivore for meat and extreme catfish for with some veggies in it uh, are a good kind of balance. Now, I know quarries are carnivores, so they're not eating a lot of veggies, but every time the quarry eats a worm or a little larva or whatever it's eating, the guts of what it's eating, the animal it's it's preying on is eating vegetable matter in a lot of cases, algae and detritus and decaying vegetable matter and all that. So by eating, say, a worm, the quarry is getting a lot of protein and some fat, but it's also getting some vegetable matter because the worm is eating the vegetable matter. And so that goes into the quarry. So I do like to give, I kind of do it every other day. I'll feed meat one day and then some kind of thing with veggies in it the other day. And the veggie stuff usually has meat in it too, so they aren't getting, you know, just veggies. But I, I do find a, a balance like that, I think, is important. All right, 365 people are here. That is not bad at all. Thanks for being here, folks. Thanks for spending your uh, Wednesday evening with us. We really appreciate it. For those that don't know, we're doing a giveaway today. If you'd like to enter to win some of these... Um, Blue Neon Gobies, here's a picture. Hey, I love it when our picture is the first one. Isn't that cool? When you do a Google image search and your picture is number one, ha <laughs> S-E-O at work right there. Anyway, if you would like to win or be entered to win some of these, enter hashtag SoBlue in the chat, hashtag S-O-B-L-U-E in the chat, no spaces, caps don't matter. And later on tonight, we'll, we'll draw a lucky winner and send them some of those cool Gobies. And if you like music, right after this stream is done, I'll post a link here to my wife's YouTube channel. She's going to be singing tonight, so we can go listen to her sing, if that's your thing. It's just one song. It's not going to take forever. But thanks for being here. That's really good. 367. I like that number. That's a good number. Average guy, what is it like raising neon blue gobies? I don't know. I've never raised them. Well, I've raised them from smaller to bigger, but one thing about this fish that I did not mention earlier when I was talking about it is this is a fish which spawns in fresh water, but the babies when they hatch are swept out to the ocean. 
So they develop in the ocean. When they get a little bigger, is it half an inch to an inch? I've read an article on it. I forget the exact size. But once they've developed a little bit in the salt water, then the baby gobies re-enter the fresh water, swim upstream, and, and spend the rest of their life in, uh, in fresh water. So because of that, it makes this species rather difficult to breed and raise in aquariums. So I don't, this is not one I've ever bred and raised. I have to buy them from suppliers. I mean, I've raised them from little to big, and that's fun. And I'm sure they've bred, but I've never had the salt water to raise the babies. Orange cones. I asked for mixed genders of CPD, Celestial Pearl Daniels, last batch. Got four females, three males, spot on. Awesome. Well, thank Johnny and Mandy for that. Um, Johnny is our interface with customers, and Mandy actually puts the fish in the boxes. So they, they do amazing work. Lucky to have them both. Ira Nelson. Had some trouble with the paradise fish. I decided to separate all three from each other because even the breeding pairs started fighting. All three are healthy, but no longer in the same tank. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad they're healthy. So trouble in paradise, huh? You got a breeding pair, and they decided they didn't like each other. Well, Ira, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope things settle down. I don't know what the tank's like. Um, I don't know how big it is or anything, but my best suggestions are a bigger tank. Again, maybe it was a thousand gallon tank. I don't know, but a bigger tank and lots of hides, lots of uh, line of sight blocks, that kind of thing. And the other thing is more paradise fish. So the bigger the group, the more the aggression stops being an issue. But sorry that happened. I hope things settled down. Cichlid tube. Did you happen to get any more Crobia jinguensis in this shipment? I did not. In fact, I need to contact that breeder. Thank you for that note. I get those from a hobbyist breeder, and I need to contact him. We were going to do a transaction, um, but that hasn't happened yet. The weather's just been brutal kind of <laughs> and uh, I need to get back in touch see if they still have any because I would like to buy a big group of those fish that's just a, such a cool fish oh I lie I'm getting Crobia jinguensis mixed up with um, the other one what is, uh, what is it what is it what is it what is it uh, let's let's go here Crobia. Oh, the other one's not even a, a Crobia. Shoot, I forget the... I'm thinking of another dwarf cichlid instead of the Crobia jinguensis. The Crobia jinguensis I have not seen available for a little while, so I have not been able to bring those in for a while. There's something I do have my eye on, though, cichlid, too. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Hey, I hope you're doing well, Mountaintop. The spotted... Yes! Spotted Congos for sure spawned. I missed it, but getting the timing down using the Wi-Fi puffer cam motion recording for establishing the timeline so close. I'm glad they spawned for you. Hey, step one. Well, step one, get the fish. <laughs> Check. Step two, spawn them. All right. Step three, raise them. 
All right, we're on our way, Mountaintop. That's great news. So glad to hear that. Orange Cones. Hey, would the Gobies like the giveaway pair well with spotted hand? Oh, would the Gobies do well with spotted headstanders? Yes. In fact, the Gobies we're going to send you are in a tank with spotted headstanders. So um, we have a couple tanks of new Gobies, but we have three that have been around for a while, and they're in with a tank full of spotted headstanders right now. That Those are their tank mates. There's probably like 50 headstanders in there and three gobies. And they get along great. The gobies are fat and big and sassy. So in our experience, that has worked well. Kind of surprised me, but they're doing great. Wichita Falls Fishkeeper. Hey, Wichita, it's so good to hear from you. Have you seen the super red pencil fish? Yes. They're beautiful. They're breeding for me. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yes. Tenepa, is that how you say that? I've seen them. I can get them but the price point was so high that I, I, I didn't. Two reasons. If they came in bad, that would have crushed me. <laughs> if they came in good, I didn't know if the market would bear the price. Like they were super expensive. So I'm aware of them. I think they're amazing. Um, and I know I sell some expensive fish. I just, at the time, I, I didn't pull the trigger. I was like, I don't know. Those are so expensive. But I'm glad you've got them and they're breeding for you. Please raise a ton. I'd love to buy some. <laughs> or at least get them out there. They're so cool looking. Wai Wang, how rare are Epistogramma Elizabethae? Well, I would not say that that's one you usually see around. They're I would, dedicated Episto nerds are probably going to have access to that if you're a real tight pistol group but in general that's one of the more rare ones um, and I'm saying rare as in they're not Borrelii or Agassizii or Cockatoides or one of those that we commonly have access to now they are available um, I, I know some breeders that breed them and I know some collectors that can collect them so they're, they're out there but they're not one you hardly ever see literally for sale. Occasionally you will. So they're not the rarest of the rare, but they're not common either. They're, they're fairly uh, scarce-ish, I guess. <laughs> it's already 8-11. Man, time flies when there's 360 people on your stream. And of course now it's 357 because I mentioned it. <laughs> Travis Borders, can the blue goby live with hill streams? Yes, fantastic combination. I've, I've done that for sure, yes. They like the same kinds of water. They like they eat the same kinds of things, and they're they're peaceful. Like, the most that's going to happen is the hill stream is going to, like, do that thing where it tries to shove the goby aside, something like that. But I think they'll get along just fine. John Nanong, finally caught up live with Dan Hey, John, glad you're here from Cebu, Philippines. Cebu! So you have the Cebuensis. What is that? Is that Stiffidon Cebuensis? Yes! Check this fish out. Look at this thing. I think John probably has these in his backyard. Look at that beautiful fish. 
Oh, that's so pretty. John, I'm jealous. One day, I would love to visit and go collect some fish from Cebu. Welcome, glad you're here. Spinster sister. Hi, at Dan's Fish. Do you know when you'll get more blue coral platy females in? I do. We did. I, they're not out of quarantine yet. They just came in Monday. And hopefully everything goes well. They, they look fantastic. I think they're going to be just fine. But we did bring more in. Just have to make sure they're healthy and happy and through quarantine before we list them. But I brought more in, Spinster. And there's males and females in the batch. So we could get you some females, I think. Bunny Viper, hey Bunny, good to see you. He's not likely to see your question unless you had at Dance Fish. Yeah, so Bunny Viper added it, and so I saw it. <laughs> That's correct. But that being said, let me scroll up Krabby Chris and see. The question is Red Eye Red Tail Puffers. I, I think Krabby Chris is asking if I have any. I do not. That is not a fish I plan to get in anytime soon. And the reason is they're pretty aggressive with each other. We, we did bring them in and they're, they're great, but they turned out, what we learned after keeping them for a while is they're pretty aggressive with each other. And so uh, we would have to keep like one per tank and that just doesn't work for our business model. So that's not a fish at this time we were planning to bring in again. I would love to, I like that fish a lot, but one per tank, it's hard to justify on a financial side. Okay, some some answers to the plant question. Ginger Coat says, so far so good. The Fish Guy 5, where is it? Johnny, here's Johnny. <laughs> Let's see here. Amisa, I only got two plants, but they looked good. Um, Johnny and Dano were, were doing some stuff tonight, so I don't know if Johnny will be here or not. Oh, I say that, and there's Johnny right there. <laughs> He did make it. Sorry guys, chat just jumped. I'm scrolling again. Shoot, if there was any more plant stuff, I missed it because it jumped. All right, that's okay. Soldiering on with 368 people watching. That's good. That is a good little number for us. Thanks for being here. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to share this out to all your ex-lovers, get more people in here and make the chat really interesting. That would be fun. Colby Star, best way to breed a Pistogramma agazizii. I think one of the things that helps people breed a Pistos is have more than one pair in the tank. I, in my experience, they pair bond by having to depend their spawning site against other Pistos. So you can do that in the tank or you can put them next to each other and make sure they can see each other through the glass. Some Episto breeders, like if this is the tank, have, it's like carding a betta, right? Have some paper or cardboard covering the two, uh, between the two tanks and leave like a few inches at the front where they can see each other through the glass. But that kind of competition helps the pair bond. So that's one of the main things I would say that helps them get into spawning mode and stay tight as a pair. Besides that, my experience has been keep the, temp, uh, keep the tank parameters stable, feed really well, have more than one pair so they get that competition and eventually they bred. You want caves, you want line of sight blocks, you want decor. Like there are fish that like to explore nooks and crannies and the more little hidey holes and stuff, the better. They like that kind of thing. But if the water is 
parameters are pretty stable and they can see their competition and they're well fed, in my experience, they'll normally spawn, especially Agazizii. Those, those spawn uh, readily in aquarium conditions. Catherine Kennedy, I have ordered plants from you twice now. Both shipments were great. The plants arrived healthy and have transitioned well. well. We'll order more plants and fish soon. Okay, that's good to hear. I haven't seen anyone say that their plants did not do well. So I'm supposing that's going okay. Good. If anyone has had any trouble, though, please let us know. You can do that here. Or you can email us, hello at dancefish.com, H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com, and just let us know because I'm not an expert in plants. No one here is a true expert in plants. And so uh, your feedback is really useful as we try to make sure we're doing that correctly. Glad to hear it though, Catherine. I'm glad it's going well. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and do the giveaway now. We still got some stream time. We don't end this till 8.30. It's 8.17 my time. But let's go ahead and do this giveaway. I don't want to rush at the end. What's happened at the end is the giveaway has been so rushed that I barely made it to my wife's uh, channel to listen to her sing <laughs> to her premiere. So I want to do that. But first, James Taylor, thanks for joining the Fishmonger crew. Cheers. Really appreciate you becoming a member. That's one of the best ways to support us just because that little recurring monthly revenue, get enough members that adds up and that's uh, helpful to a business have more or less guaranteed revenue every month, especially when you're a startup like we are and you're, you know, clawing your way to stability. Okay, with that, let's do this giveaway. So this is for some neon blue gobies, this fish right here. There are currently, well, let's see real quick. There's 366 folks here. There are 200 and 89 folks who have entered and the winner is bing, all things fish hey that's awesome all things fish i'm glad you're here i'm glad you won and uh yeah you've got two minutes to chime in let us know you're here because you do have to be present to win let me note this down All right, so you've got uh, two minutes to let us know you're here, and uh, if you don't chime in in two minutes, then you forfeit your winnings. You know the rules. There you are. Galazzo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so All Things Fish is here and has one. Just send us if you would. I know we've already got it, but to make things easy on us, would you send us your an email with your first name, your last name, and your mailing address, and we will get that off to you. And by the way, All Things Fish, I never did get those Facebook permissions done that I need to do. Totally, I was gonna do that, totally slipped my mind. So I will get that done. I just seen you win, reminded me of that. But congrats, I'm glad you won. Thanks for everything you've done uh, to help me out. I really appreciate it. All right, with that, let's get to the next question or comment, which is all things fish. Hope you're doing well. Been a while since I've been in a stream. Stuck on the other side of the world right now. <laughs> this is how you know All Things Fish has been here a while. He knows the hashtags. Hashtag three times equals world peace. Hashtag Galazzo. And hashtag breeding is pleasure. <laughs> Michael, hope you're doing really well. 
Oh, the pilot's life is life for me. How I love to fly on the open sea. Bishop Ruger, any idea on when you'll get in more Golden Skiffia Francesa? I don't know. Those are a fish that we got from a hobbyist breeder. And with hobbyist breeders, it's like sometimes they get a few extra, you can buy them. But they aren't like usually breeding as a business, so the supply isn't steady at all. And with Gudeids, they tend to have few young at a time. When they do drop pups, they tend to be large and well-developed, but there's not many of them. So it takes a while to build up enough... Uh, enough of a new generation to have have some to sell but i wish i had more i love that fish but uh again that was from a hobbyist breeder who by the way did an excellent job those fish were amazing gem aquatics haven't found any rosy loaches shortage no we we literally just sold out of rosy loaches a little while ago so that is one that we'll be bringing in again i can get rosy loaches without too much trouble I have a pretty darn good supplier for those. They do, they do a good job with that fish. Matt West, are there any new quarries coming available? I missed out on the con color last time they were available. I'm trying, Matt. Uh, with quarries, I'm really careful. My experience has been that uh, there are major supply chain issues with that fish. And so I have a couple suppliers that, that seem to be doing a better job but they have limited stock so that is a, a type of fish it's kind of like the guppy thing I really want to crack that fish and I'm working on it I've had some success we have some good quarries in right now and uh, I would like to get more con colors in the the last group of con colors we got in fact several groups of con colors we've gotten from uh, this one supplier have done really well so it's partly because of that that we're kind of dipping our toes in some other fish from the same supplier, some different species of quarries, trying to see if we can find a good supplier of quarries. So hobbyist breeders tend to do a good job. Rick May, we, we would buy all the orange Venezuelan quarries he can produce. And we do. <laughs> and we love it because his fish are amazing. But uh, yeah, an industry supplier, got a couple that are decent. And I'm still looking to crack that code and get more available. I have tons of quarries available to me, but I want to make sure they, they're treated right and do well. So I'm still working on that. Mike Stambod. Hey, Mike, good to see you. I, I think I met you. Yes, I did at the uh, quadruple crown, triple crown event. Hope you're doing well. Hope your rainbows are doing well. Do you ever see any rare Tanganyikans on your lists like Compressiceps? Muela, super comp. I do see lots of compressiceps, but I kind of skim over, uh, so I don't know if the uh, Muela super comp is on there or not. I'm starting to get my feet a little wet with Tanganyikans. We have some Trophius we'll be listing. I'm trying to uh, gradually a couple of other things, but. I think Tanganyikans is something where you have to have a critical mass of species available in order to really be successful at it. But I don't want to use all the space and resources and, uh, and funds to do that and have it fail. So I'm, I'm kind of just gradually testing out Tanganyikans. I love them. 
I have hard water now so I can get them and feel good about it. But I'm just kind of starting to dip my toe into the Tanganyikan Lake, <laughs> so to speak. Any idea one more? Oh, that was Bishop Ruger. Already got that one. So we'll go to Marcy in SoCal. Hey, Marcy. Minimum tank size you'd recommend for two pairs of Epistos to breed in together. I don't like talking specific tank sizes. I like talking principles and letting folks decide what size they want to work with. So is there a specific kind of Epistol you have in mind? Because some are very aggressive and some are less so. But in general, they need enough space, if there's two pairs, that they can each create their own spawning territories and defend it without encroaching so much on the other fish that you have a problem, right? So I, I don't like talking specific sizes, but I'm going to here say a 20 long is a pretty good uh, size tank for a couple pairs of some kinds of epistos. That being said, it depends on how you set it up. So I would divide it into thirds, visually with like hardscape and line of sight blocks and things. One side of the tank, one third, kind of separate from the rest of the tank, just with decorations and plants and all that stuff. Then the middle third, and then the last third. And each of those thirds is separated from the others. They can swim back and forth, but there's obvious, each of those thirds is its own space, how it's been set up. And then I put two pairs in, and hopefully what happens is one pair picks one side, the other pair picks the other side, and then this mutual territory in the middle is where they kind of spar, and then they go back to their respective territories. That's how I would set that up. And I think a 20 gallon long is about the smallest length you would need to do that successfully. So that's my, uh, that's my thought. But it depends on the kind of epistles you have and some of them can be super aggressive. So I would keep an eye on it for sure. Ooh, chat just jumped, but I can see James Taylor says that some of his Shodeni puffers spawn too, as well as their tank mate, Synodonis Petricolis. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, James, if you can raise the Shodenis, that would be great. Um, anyone, anyone. I know Mountaintop's working on it, and I, I know Mountaintop can do it because of the track record, but that's a fish that we need to produce in the United States. It's, uh, the availability to them is tenuous, they're coming out of the Congo, and the Congo is not what I would call the most stable country. So at any time, that could go away. And then we, we would rely on the very few places that are breeding them. There's very few bred ones available, and they're available sporadically. So if we want that fish in the hobby long term, I think it's one we've got to breed and raise. So I'm really grateful to anyone that's trying to do that. And I'm happy to buy your stock if you're like, I produced a ton, now what do I do? I'll buy them all. I mean, to a point. <laughs> but I wouldn't have a problem buying a couple hundred at a time. Marcy SoCal, thanks for all the wonderful advice you give. Hey, thanks for being here and participating and making it uh, happen without you guys here. It'd just be me like staring at the screen being like, now what do I say? Like this interaction is very helpful. With that, we're going to close this down. I'm going to bounce over soon 
to uh, my wife's YouTube channel here. As soon as we end, that's where I'm going. I've just posted a link to hear her sing Shenandoah. I like listening to my wife sing. Plus, you know, I gotta be a good husband. Gotta go to your wife's premiere, right? Yeah, I gotta do that. <laughs> if you haven't tried yet, if you haven't heard her sing yet, just give it one little go. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. When I say she's a professional singer, I, I really mean it. She's classically trained. She spent, geez, her whole life building her voice and learning that skill set. She's very good. Anyway, let's sign off. I want to thank my moderators for doing what they do and being here every week. Thank you so much. Thanks to the members of the Fish Fam crew. Thanks for joining up. Your membership means a lot. And that little bit every month is very helpful to our business. Thanks to everyone that threw money at us in the Super Chats. Always appreciated. Never required. But we are a scrappy startup. And every bit does help. So it is appreciated. It is noticed. And it really does make an impact on a business at our stage of development. So thank you. Everyone who is lively in the chat, thanks for making this uh, lively. <laughs> It'd be boring without you. Everyone lurking, hail the Lurker Nation. If you're watching the replay, hello from the past. And if you're listening in the podcast, which I've got to get these last few live streams posted on a podcast. If you're listening, when I do get this posted, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah, I don't think I have to run out to pick up an, air, uh, an import. So same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, have a good one. See you at Brenda's. Bye-bye.